On this episode of the Retire ASAP show, we're going to talk about income and how you get retirement income in a down market. It's time for the Retire ASAP podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP show, where our goal is to get you free from work as soon as possible. My name is Taylor, and with me I have my co-host, Brad. What's up, Brad? It's a beautiful day, another great day. Here we are. We're alive. We're well. It is a beautiful And we're going to talk about something. You it's, haven't told me yet exactly what we're going to talk about. You always do this to me. You just tease me and let me wing it. Yeah, it's way better when you come in completely confused. I think that's much funnier. Well, I'm confused all the time. I mean, you know, so even if, and when we're done, I'll even be more confused probably. Today is Tuesday and it is 9.30 a.m. Is it July or May or June? You know, I can't remember. I don't now. know. All Doesn't this, matter. All this inflation, you know, it just seems like every day is a bad day. I notice with high inflation that time flies faster, too. Is there a correlation there? <laughs> inflation and time. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Your seconds go faster as inflation yeah. goes up. Well, well that's an cost of goods theory. are going up 9%. Therefore, time is flying 9% faster. I feel like it might be the opposite. Cost of goods are going up. You can't afford them. So now you're bored and you have nothing to do. Oh, well, that's a possibility, too. I never quite looked at it. So it'd be a non-correlated uh, situation. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. So hmm. in these doomsday days, as uh, all the news media seems to be preaching that we're dun, 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 heading dun. into a recession and inflation's at record numbers since the 80s. Hey, you know what? I saw a really funny thing. on. Um, it was on Twitter. It showed that, and I, I'm going to get the date wrong, but I'm just going to throw one out there, that inflation in 2022 is the highest it's been since like 1984. It was one of the 80s years, since 1984. And then it said, also, last time that Georgia Bulldogs won a football national championship was the same year that inflation in the Ooh. 80s was so high. So Ouch. apparently, Georgia winning the national championship, bad for the economy. I'm thinking there's a correlation there. Thanks now a lot, we're talking SEC. about correlation charts. Yeah, thanks a lot, SEC. Yeah, Jeez. Big Ten, can you pick it up a little bit? Yeah, I feel like maybe the Buckeyes, well, maybe not them. Maybe <laughs> maybe a different team. My Bearcats made it pretty far. Yeah, i got to give them a lot of credit. i got to say, the Bearcats did a nice job. They, they got their butts whooped by Alabama, but, you know, it is what it is. Most teams would have. Yeah. So, anyway, um, let's, let's go into this. Um, we're talking a little bit more about income because I know we've talked a lot about the markets being down, right? And that's always a frustrating thing for people. Inflation is up and it's causing a lot of market volatility. The Fed is just changing their mind, it seems like, every couple of weeks as to how much they want to raise interest rates to try to slow down this inflation. But that has some danger sides to it because if they raise interest rates too quickly, our economy slows down too much, and then all of a sudden we go into a recession, which is what everyone seems to talk about too. So with all of that on the horizon, I think one of the big questions that people have been asking, and maybe it's the question that's like buried underneath another question. Most questions are going, gosh, is it going to be okay? When's the market's going to turn? Are we going to get back to positive returns? What they're really asking is, am I going to have enough? I'm running out of money. I think the one person I called said, if this is the trajectory you know, of my portfolio, I'm going to run out of money in five years. And I go, well, yeah, if you lose... 30% a year for five years. Yeah, you, you're going to be pretty low on that totem pole, but that's probably unlikely to happen for five years straight. But you think about it, though, that's the question is, how am I going to have enough? Am I going to be able to get my monthly income when I'm done working? Things like that. So yeah. maybe toss some ideas out there. What are you talking about with clients when it comes to, hey, I'm retired. I need my money. I need to pay my bills, but markets are down. My portfolio is lower than it was a year ago. What, what should I be doing? 
Well, I think the the conversation has to start with an emotional uh, discussion first, because that's an emotional reaction, right, to Absolutely. to an immediate situation. And uh, so I I go back and want to talk about having faith in the free market system and mm-hmm. the uh, the whole general economy globally as a whole even though there's pieces and parts that are struggling. And in this particular time, probably all of them are struggling. But really, are we struggling? And the news media makes us struggling. Our economy is still growing. It hasn't yeah. stopped. It hasn't gone backwards. We're not in recession, even though there's news media parts that will tell you that we're in recession. And an economic recession is different than a stock market recession. Okay, so if you have a segment of the stock market, say the S&P 500, and they go, has now turned uh, to a bear market, to a bear market, which uh, some guys will call it a recessionary market. Well, we've been down for two straight months in a row, so, or two quarters in a row, so now we're in recession, bear market. Doesn't mean that the economy's in a bear market, because our economy is still cranking. Until people stop buying stuff, it's going to keep cranking. And I've said this in the past, stop buying stuff and you'll slow this thing down. But nobody wants to do that, right? So it's an emotional piece to begin that conversation when you have somebody that's in retirement currently, which it is a scary point because I'm not working any longer. My paycheck's coming from my investment accounts. And so that is a concern for people. It's an emotional, painful concern for some. I really haven't had a lot of, of that element of our clientele call or even be concerned about it sure which is good because that means we've done our job uh, educating up front and we've we've had many many discussions about the emotional piece of investing so you got to go back you got to have faith in the system yeah free market system and companies because that's what the stock market is made up of corporations the government has some influence on that but the consumer has the biggest influence right, right. I mean, yeah. they got to buy and sell. Um, they're buying stuff. Corporations are selling stuff, right? Absolutely. Well, and I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It is, it's about having faith in the system, but maybe even it's about being educated on how this system works. Because I think a lot of investors, when they hire a financial advisor, are just looking to say, hey, I'm done. I've washed my hands of this. Just make this work for me. But then their frustration is when things aren't going the way that their expectations are of, man, well, I thought this portfolio shouldn't go down this much, or I thought I was going to make more money, whichever way it is. Well, it's not usually the the problem of the portfolio. The problem is the expectations were off. The education wasn't there right, of yep. learning what should I be expecting out of this? Should I expect that one in every three years is a negative year? Well, statistically, if we go back over the last, you know, let's say 100 years of the stock market, yeah, you should expect that one out of three years is going to be bad. Does that mean one out of three years is going to be as bad as it is this year? No, not necessarily. But once every decade, there's a pretty big turn in the markets if you kind of look back over the history of that side of things too. So should I expect that there could be a 30% drop in the NASDAQ in you know, a, a given year? Yeah, absolutely that can happen. Now, does it suck when it happens? Yes. And so it's now taking that expectation and saying, well, I knew this was a possibility. No, it doesn't feel great. But I also know with this expectation comes all the other things that I've learned about my portfolio, including that I'm diversified. I have my risk spread across different asset categories. I'm making sure that 
my original financial plan when I had this written up included bad years like this. When you know, when we run a Monte Carlo simulation, it includes ten thousand different market scenarios. It includes the day that you invest the money at dropping as quickly as it possibly can, or it's shooting straight to the moon and everything in between. And is that part of your financial plan? So yes, my expectation is that I'd like to see my portfolio grow, but I also know that part of my plan, statistically, I'm going to have enough money to stretch out my income for the rest of my life. Those are the things that you really have to hone in on when it comes to investing. Well, and you look at the retirement uh, groups now, they're, they're boomers, right? Yep. And uh, I saw somebody coin it as the great boomer exodus because the boomers are the generation. I'm a boomer, so I can talk bad about it or yeah, good however I want. Yeah, just trash on them, huh? Because I'm I'm, I'll just talk about myself. Then. <laughs> but um, all the boomers, a, a majority of the boomers can't wait to get out of work. They can't wait to quit. They can't sure. wait to retire. Some of them retire in early 50s mid fifties. This has been going on for a while. Okay. So it's not anything new. And so some of them retired way earlier than they should have because they were ready to jump out and said, I'm willing to work part-time or whatever, or I have enough money to make it. And if they did that in the last 10, 11 years, we've had a bull market for the last 10, 11 years. It's been pretty good. Mm -hmm. There's been years where we didn't make a lot. You make two, three, 4% on a, on a stock uh, investment nice diversified portfolio. And that seems low, but there's years that we had double digit returns, double digit, yeah. but we didn't have a lot of negatives, only a couple negatives since 08. So a lot of people that retired since 2010 after retirement haven't experienced a real great decline. We Now we got hit in March of 2020, mm -hmm. but it was so short lived that people felt the pain for about a month and then it was coming back and then it was just glory times because sure. there was plenty of money out there. But people have been spoiled. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting, but you do say that. So let's go back to March of 2020 because, yeah, over the last 10 years, you could say like, well, man, there was two major major shifts in the market in March to, you know, June of 2020, whatever that range was, maybe it was February to April or whatever it is, you know, markets dropped like 30 to 35%, depending on where you were at. It's like, yeah, that's a lot of change. But then by the end of June or the end of July, you were back up to even, I mean, it's flipped the switch so quickly yep. in the opposite direction that most people, they maybe got one statement that looked a little bit off. It didn't even look that bad. Now we're in a point this year where from January to now we're into July, we've seen nothing but negatives. You know, there's a couple green days out there, but there's far more red days this year than there were green. And so now you're starting to see one statement at the end of March that goes, oh, okay, well, I have less money than I did before. And then you get the end of June statement, you go, wow, I have a lot less than I did before. And it's the longevity of how long the down market goes that really seems to be that like waves crashing on the shore, eroding away your willpower to, to just trust the process. And I think that's kind of what we're running into with some of our retirees. They've been spoiled for over a decade of bull markets, but yep. now they're running into the, for the first time, maybe in their retirement experience, boy, you know, I, I don't know if this is going to work. And yeah. how do we know it's going to work? Well, we don't, but you got to go by history and the, and and have faith again in in human beings buying and consuming because it's all about consumption, right? It's true. It's all about people buying goods and corporations selling goods or companies or individual entrepreneurships selling 
product for profit and people buying those products. And as long as that's going on, it's never going to end. You'd have to stop buying everything that you're looking at. Wherever you're sitting right now, whatever you're looking at had to be purchased. Everything. So that means every consumer, what is there, six point some billion people estimated in the earth? even more than that. So it might be eight billion now. But anyhow, let's say it's eight billion people would all have to stop consuming. That means no eating, no drinking, no buying anything. No toilet paper. Oh, it's going to be a bad world. But anyhow, I mean, you just think about that. That's the only way it's going to halt. Right. Because as long as there's people that need stuff, they're going to buy stuff. There's going to be somebody who's going to make the product and somebody's going to make a profit, which is what we're investing in in stocks and bonds. We're buying those companies. So you got to have faith in that. That's one that, you know, if you say, how do you know it's going to continue? Secondly, you have to look at the history then and look at what are the average returns no matter what. There's, there's historical days where the market has just gone bonkers. Yep. Anyway, 30, 40, 50, 60%, there's segments of the market historically have gone more than that, doubled in a year's time even. Sure. Now, it doesn't happen very often, but it does. And then there's times where it drops. I remember losing in my, I was very aggressively invested in 08. I lost over 52% of my investment value. Whew. I didn't panic. I bought. But, right. you know, the point is you got to be ready for that. That doesn't happen very often. That was an anomaly. Right. But if you take the averages over a long period of time, which is what we use when we do investment planning, you know that there's going to be some kind of an average in there. The stock market, the S&P 500's averaged, what, a little over 9% since the late 1920s. Right. Now, that's strict, strictly a blue chip uh, stock portfolio, but it has averaged a little over 9%. When you and I do planning... Most of it time, it's usually four, five, mostly 5%, right around mm-hmm. five is what we project for an average return. Now, we put outliers, we use Monte Carlo system where we use probabilities in there, but we also look at the average of what 5% would look like. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the history of our portfolios that we're using, that most of them are averaging anywhere uh, from six to nine percent. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that's going to continue forever. We could be very spoiled there as well, but we're estimating below that number. Right. And most of our clients in the past, from my dad's clients and my clients, have experienced growth in their assets, no matter how many ugly markets they've been through. I can't say that that's going to happen in the future, but that's the best judgment that we can use going forward. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I wish we would have done the numbers beforehand. I remember at one of our events, we talked about a client who um, had been with us since uh, it was grandpa's client originally. So 50 plus years that they had been investing with us. And we did the math. It was really interesting to see that with their portfolio and how much money they had taken out for their retirement income, plus their market returns, they were ahead of the ball game by tens of thousands of dollars. They had taken out so many thousands of dollars over their retirement years that they were still able to grow their actual net worth even while taking and spending money throughout those years. That blows my mind. But the reality was is that they were patient. They trusted the process. And I can't say for sure that that means that every person that ever invests money and starts taking income is going to be richer down the road than they are now. That is, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Right. Living within your means. Uh, what did the markets do? All those different things there, you know, but the idea is still the same is that the panic side, if they would have, if they would have panicked in 2008, which would have been a perfect time for them to panic. I'm sure they were probably down 25 to 30% and they were living on that money, 
but they didn't. And they ended up, we did this event probably in 2015, 2014, 2015. They ended up sticking it out through there, getting their returns and ended up being in a great spot. So I think the longevity, obviously we talk about this all the time, having that long view of investing is so important and staying patient through all that stuff. But let's talk about practical side of things. What are clients doing now, at least some of our clients doing now, drawing income? Because their portfolios are really struggling. The stock market's down. The bond market's getting killed by the rising interest rates. All these different factors are playing into where some parts of the diversified portfolio that are supposed to offset each other, they aren't quite working that way right now. So what are some of the things that you have talked about with some of your income-taking clients or things like that that you're saying, you know what, this makes a lot of sense. Even though these are tough times, this is how we're going to do the income side of things. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, really, let's, let's look at this rightfully. We're in the seventh month of the year of a decline, right? Correct. Because we were good till January 1. That was basically what we call high water mark. That's probably the highest everybody's accounts had hit. And now we're drawing income out of there. Bonds have been going down considerably all year. So, I mean, the good part of the bond market, even though the bond values are going down, there's still interest coming in, Absolutely. right? Interest and dividends coming in to bonds. It's just the value of the bond, which is a whole nother lesson of how bonds operate. They're very complicated on the outside. They're not, you can make it simple, but it, it's getting into the weeds to try to explain it. But the, the point is that even though you're drawing money out of the bond side of your portfolio, which is where we recommend you pull it, mm-hmm. and good solid bonds and shorter term bonds if possible, um, those bonds are still generating the interest rate that they originally were purchased for. They're still, uh, some of them will pay dividends. And so what happens is you've got money coming in, even though you're drawing money out at a negative because the value of that bond's lower. And you still got to stick to that because we bas- let's look at it. Most of our clients are taking income once a month. They've yep. pulled seven times mm-hmm. and we're still pretty good compared to where we were, say, two or three years ago in sure. the bond market. So if we go back two or three years and compare the values of them. So we're not like killing ourselves yet. Now, if right. you go for 24 months and pulling at a negative, that's going to be a little more hurtful in the end. But at this point, we're only seven months into it. So my point to what I talk to clients is, look, we've only pulled seven times out of here, not a massive amount, unless you're like living really large and doing something stupid. In that case, it's a whole different conversation. And I can't say I don't have a few clients that are pulling 10% or more out. Highly warned and well documented that it was not our recommendation. Sure. sure. Those people are going to feel the pain if this continues for another, you know, six or 12 months. But right now we're seven months in. It's not a panic mode yet. You just mm-hmm. got to stay the course. Uh, we'll rebalance when times uh, are ready. We'll probably wait till inflation uh, shows some kind of sign of leveling mm-hmm. or going down a little, and then we'll probably rebalance accounts. But right now, I don't see any point in doing it. Uh, but if but this is what I'm telling clients. Look, you got to have faith in what we decided. We've assumed that there's going to be times like this. We aren't even in a detrimental situation at this point. I think the last account I looked wasn't even down 20%, and that was a like a 75-25. Now, I'm being general here, so Absolutely. don't hold me to that kind of a number. But, you know, 18% is nothing compared to what it could be. It could be 36% by next year. We don't know. Yeah. And it could be back to, you know, even next year, which I doubt, but it could. 
So you just got to have faith in the system, believe in the companies, believe in that people will, they'll bring us all out of this thing. There's great things happening in the corporate world right now, innovations and technologies. And this is when it, when it shines is when things are ugly, but we really haven't beat up anybody's portfolio unless they were beating the portfolio up themselves, if you know what I mean. Well, and I think for the majority of our clients that are drawing income, it's coming out of their investment portfolio. And exactly what you said, mostly from the bond side of things, because the consistency... And in, some cash. There is and, you know, and cash. bonds and cash. Yeah, so fixed income is, right. te- is the technical Stick term with for that. it. Yep. So they're drawing from their fixed income side of their portfolio. And the reason we do that is because it's more consistent. Even in a bad year for fixed income, maybe one of the worst years historically, it's still single-digit negatives compared to double-digit negatives on the stock side of the world. And so if you have a good mix, like a 60-40 or a 75-25, and you have that good chunk of bonds in there, you're really slowing down your losses because of that. But drawing your income from there, yeah, it's a little bit of a roller coaster ride, but when you plug it into a financial plan, there's lots of different things that come out and can prove that, hey, statistically, this makes sense to draw from here. Another thing that we have a few clients doing, and this only works for clients who really needs something consistent. And we don't do a whole lot of annuity work. I don't want to say that we're big into pushing an annuity for every client. It's really more for our clients who need something consistent. And so when we look at some of that stuff, there's single premium immediate annuities, which generate an income. And you can set them up for different time periods. You could do it for 10 years uh, certain, or you can do it for the rest of their lifetime based off of you know what age they are now and different things like that. There are ways to get consistent income that don't have any effects on the on it from the market. But those are also very niche things because as soon as you get into a single premium immediate annuity, which is let's say I'm going to put in X amount of dollars, which is a large chunk of money, and I'm going to turn that into a monthly income for a certain amount of time. When, as soon as you do that, you lose complete flexibility. Yeah, and I think the timing is critical for those kind of decisions too. And we have some clients out there that have done that, or uh, we've done it in the past uh, with some. And and they're they're basically what they're doing is they're taking a portion of their investment, vestable money, and putting it into a single premium annuity. It locks it in. It's guaranteed. It's not going to go down. You're going to get a monthly guarantee for a certain period. We usually try to keep them short for the ones that I have done in the past, and those are like a five year time period Mm -hmm. but the problem is when you do those you're taking money if you do it now this is why i say it's a timing thing right if you do it now i'm going to sell off my stock say i get rid of my stock gross stock side of it which is down 18 to 22 percent roughly maybe a little higher than that depending on what growth fund you're in let's just be guesstimates here so let's say it's 20 percent. i'm going to sell it off at 20 percent and go lock it into a fixed immediate annuity it's going to guarantee me payment that money's gone out of the market. So when the markets do come back, I don't have those shares to right. come back. So it can be detrimental to an overall, it can be worse for an overall portfolio. Say I got to pull 100, 150,000 out to generate an income for five years. Now I just took 150,000 potential that could come back considerably when the markets come back. Now it's completely off the table. So it has to be something that has to be decided upon upfront. And the reason why we've done it with others in the past is you got to, you got to weed out people that are absolutely not going to ever be comfortable in the market. Yeah. And there's a few of them out there. If they're so if you're so risk adverse that you can't even bear to see something change based off of your quarterly statement and returns are not a big deal to you. Yep, and you don't care about how yeah, and, and if your plan works out to where I don't need 
to average six or seven percent a year to make sure that my financial plan works. I only need to average one or two percent. Well, we can we can certainly find a fixed product for something like that. But I, I do think what's really important, what you just said, Brad, is that making a decision now, timing is huge. Making a decision now to go out of a higher risk investment like the like a mutual fund or an ETF or individual stocks even. Getting out of it when the markets are down and going into a fixed product, whether it's with an insurance company or maybe a CD at the bank or whatever it is, going that direction, it's a really tough time to do that. Because let's say, with your example, 150000 right? It, it's down, let's say it has 20% to go up, right? So it's been it's down 20%. It needs to come back 20. It needs to come back 20. It's down 20. It's got to come back 30, 35. That's 30, that's 30 grand, right? That that's That's a lot of money. So if you take your 150 out and go ahead and put it into a fixed product that's averaging 3%, 4%. You're lucky. If you're lucky, right? You're getting that 3 or 4%. You just gave up potentially $30,000 that you should have been growing in the market because you got out at the bottom. The idea is, is getting that timing right and knowing what makes sense for you. And maybe right off the get-go, you should have never been in the market in the first place. And that's when you need to make the decision to just make your move out of there because you can't be comfortable with that risk. And we've talked about the emotional side of things and what people's risk tolerance is. But man, there, there's just so many ways to get income. It's hard to decide what the best one is in down markets. But I think just based off of what you're saying, Brad, that it really just makes sense if you stick to a long-term plan. doesn't matter whether the markets are up or down, trust the plan and the process. Right. And again, it goes back to when you're in a down market right now is when people start thinking. They start because they feel pain. They start thinking. And the point is, you should have thought when we were doing the planning up front, or if you didn't work with us, but if you worked with us, you probably were identified very quickly where you were going to go, which direction or what kind of situation you were going to end up with in retirement. But there's some people that don't do that. And this is not the time to make adjustments. And I've said this before, you wait this thing out, it will come back. And when it does, that's when you make adjustments and say, I can never go through that again. Then that's where I have uh, possibly, probably more than not, used the SPIA approach for people. Because now if I have money set over in that SPIA for five years and there's a down market in that five years, I'm not pulling anything out of my portfolio while the share prices are down in there. I'm drawing this from this little fixed interest thing. But if I do it right now, if I try to correct, it's a bad move. Very, very bad decision. So, well, keep that in mind. And if you have questions maybe on your income or what you're doing for your retirement savings or whether you're going to have enough when you finally do get to retirement, um, we'd love to chat with you. So you can head over to FikeAdvisors.com. There's a Schedule Now button in the top right corner. You can click that button, get a a look at my calendar. We can do a phone call, a Zoom call. We could even meet in person if you're from the area. We'd love to sit down and talk to you. And that doesn't cost anything. It's a complimentary appointment. And the reason we do that is because we want to make sure that there's something that we can help you with. And so during that conversation, we'll talk about what is it that you need? Is it something that we can help you with? Or we'll find somebody who can help you with that. So again, fikeadvisors.com, hit the schedule now button and schedule your free complimentary appointment. Any final thoughts there, Brad? Uh, Yeah, I think uh, you got to um, turn off the media. Yes. Stay the course. Yep. Enjoy life. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Just enjoy life. If you turn the news media off, life will be so much better. (laughs) And when you do that, just let this thing come and pass. It'll be a blip on the radar screen once again, as every one of them have been in the past. As long as you don't panic, you won't feel too much pain. 
Uh, we'll close our thoughts on that one. That's a good one. So we'll talk to you guys here in our next episode. See you later. Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.